0: some nerd power it's the falcon paladin hour a podcast by falcon
1: paladin and somacron falcon hates puns and thinks that they're
0: Of water, I'm gonna do NPR voice, and I think everything will be okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually went to the doctor today because I was like, All right, it's been four days of this garbage. What is going on? She's like, Well, you don't have a fever and you don't have like spots on your throat, like you have strep throat, and you don't have any sinus pressure, like it's a sinus infection. So just like it's a cold, take over the counter medication. And if it's still here in two weeks, let me know. And I'm like, Are you kidding? <laughs> two weeks of this garbage. <laughs> i wake up every morning and i just like hack i don't even know how much like disgusting phlegm out of my throat because it's all just been collecting there all night Mm. i don't know i feel like i do this about once a year i just get really (laughs) sick and i lose my throat and then or lose my voice and there's all this gross stuff going on and then it goes away so i guess it's time Mm.
1: it's that time of the year
0: It is I can remember it being closer to like middle of the summer for me in the past years But I guess (laughs) May is close enough It's getting closer and closer
1: Every year It is
0: I know Eventually it'll be a Christmas thing which will be a lot of fun
1: It's getting so close and close every year that eventually it'll just be constant
0: (laughs) It just extends in duration to where it's all the time Yeah Yeah that sounds terrible Let's not do that
1: (laughs) This is how you're gonna sound all the time NPR Yeah Starcraft caster Yeah
0: uh huh. Just official StarCraft caster for National Public Radio, it's Falcon Paladin. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a couple casts like this, I think, too, just because I'm gonna do it. She gonna have to
1: do that or not first?
0: Yep, it's gonna be good. So if you haven't heard these already, I'm sure you have. But if you missed them, go back and listen to Falcon's NPR casts because <laughs> they are something else. I don't know if they're good, but there's definitely something else.
1: Uh, I prefer, instead of calling it an NPR cast, you're doing your best brand stock impersonation.
0: Oh my gosh, I have to go now <laughs> I, Yeah, it is very Bran Stark I think you're right But I'm not like as messed up wise as he is mm. Because it's not like true wisdom It's just acting mysterious for dumb reasons I don't even want to talk about Game of Thrones Fair. But yeah, you're right It's like a Bran Stark voice You know what I do want to talk about though? Mr. <laughs>
1: um Toronto Raptors
0: um, a little bit, sure We can get there in the sports minute mm,
1: Okay. But
0: what I really want to talk about is Chernobyl Holy cannoli
1: Yeah, so you're tweeting about that
0: Yeah, so HBO new miniseries Chernobyl Not a TV show, it's not going to be multiple seasons It's just going to be like six or, I don't know, maybe eight episodes I'm not sure how many they're planning on But it just covers the Chernobyl nuclear reaction uh, reactor accident back in 87, I think it was mm. And it is so incredibly well done Last night I was like, I'll watch one of the episodes because my buddy was telling me I should watch it. So I watch it and I'm like, How many more are there? And then <laughs> I watched the other two and went to bed at 1:30 in the morning. So, yeah, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it was good. It's so good, and I mean, it just it sucks you right in because it starts with um, this woman who lives in the in the town where the rea- in Chernobyl where the reactor is. Uh, she's up at like 1.30 in the morning, she can't sleep and she's getting a glass of water and all of a sudden this just bright light goes poof in the distance and then like two seconds later, mm. just shockwave hits, right? Mm. And she's like, what the heck was that? She looks over and she can see the power plant from her window because she's like on the eighth story of this building and it's on fire and her husband's a firefighter so and like he gets the call to go fight it so like immediately you're just invested in these characters of like oh crap i know what's <laughs> happening here i'm like these two love each other and they've got a kid on the way and you know she's like you be safe and he's like we've never lost anybody on this crew yet and i'm like oh no <laughs> you just jinx the whole thing man because, yeah, they're going to go fight a fire at a nuclear reactor that's exploded. They're all going to die from radiation poisoning. Like, you know that. Mm-hmm. Before they even get there, it's so gross and, like, so affecting. It's amazing. Okay. So what do you, I mean, what do you know about Chernobyl? Have you read anything about it?
1: Uh, are we talking about Chernobyl the show or, like, the... No, end? just the incident. Uh, reactor went <laughs> metal. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's kind of like, I, I know that there's, like, a growing pile of like radiate radioactive moss that's like just a giant hunk like they call it like the elephant or something because it's oh really yeah it's just in like one of the basements or something and it's just spits out radiation constantly like you can't get to it and all these weird photos of it but that's uh, i mean not much short answer not much
0: you know i didn't actually know about this one it's called the elephant's foot yeah there it is it's a massive corium formed during the Chernobyl disaster of 86. Uh, once deadly radioactive, its danger has decreased with the decay of its radioactive components. Mm. That's amazing. So it happened at the explosion. They found it uh, like six months later, nine months later, and they found it uh, beneath reactor number four. That's amazing. It's like they're doing all this cleanup. And they find this thing. Mm. That's gross. Yep. Yeah. So it's just... Uh, It's amazing partially because we're just watching people deal with the aftermath of this thing. Mm. And what makes it more interesting for me is it's all within the, how do I say this, within the framework of Soviet Russia. Mm. So a lot of the decisions that are made are made by government Mm. officials, right? And people who are loyal to the party and people who have this extreme desire not to be seen as incompetent by the outside world. Mm, Okay. So a lot of these people, when they hear our core exploded and we're blowing radiation into the air and it's going to kill millions of people, their reaction is that can't be happening because we will be screwed. Mm. So there's a ton of denial, especially in the first couple episodes of of like the higher up the chain you go, the more people are like, nope, that's impossible. Nope, that can't happen because they don't want to face what the reality is if that is what happened. Okay. So, like, as a result, they don't evacuate the town for two days So everybody in Chernobyl is just getting dosed with tons of radiation for two days
1: Yeah, it's like, there's a limit on the amount of radiation that a person will absorb just through the background radiation And it's like, they received five times their lifetime's worth in two days (laughs) Yeah Yeah
0: yeah. It's really bad, yeah, and there's a meeting um so there's this one scientist who gets called in as an expert on this type of reactor, and uh, he's in a pretty high up meeting in Moscow, and uh, like one of the higher ups kind of tries to p- play this off as like, well, I mean, everybody at Chernobyl got like enough radiation compared to one chest x-ray, and he tries to make a joke about it like so if you're if you're late on your checkup, then just don't worry about it, you know <laughs> <laughs> everybody laughs. laughs. And the scientist says, no, it's about 500 chest x-rays every hour. And everybody's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I, brutal. So there's this scientist who's like fighting against this. He's like, I just want to save as many lives as I can. I want to just make sure that the disaster is as small in scope as it possibly can be for what it is. But I'm fighting against this bureaucracy of people who just don't want to believe that it's happening. And it's, like, it's just so sad.
1: Yeah, and, like, radiation apparently flew, like, 700 miles away, and yeah. it was, like, pe- people, because no information was getting out of the Soviet Union, I'm yep. reading here on the Washington Post that other scientists from around the world were having to put piece uh, information together based on accounts coming out of Sweden, from, yeah. there, from where they were picking up radioactive activity.
0: Yeah, and that that's in the show. It's totally like we can't let anybody know this happened. There's no news that gets out anywhere, even to other places in Russia. We got to keep this under wraps. And then this monitoring station in Sweden's like, hey, uh, uh, the Soviet Union, like, we detected some of this very specific element that only you're using in your nuclear power plants. <laughs> and the only reason we'd be detecting it is if you exploded. And they're like, ah, crap, it's out. <laughs> totally got busted. The science is amazing. It really is. Mm. Yeah, even uh, in the show, there's another, there's a woman scientist who's like the head of nuclear research for the USSR. And she doesn't know about it. Nobody tells her either because she's not on the ground in Chernobyl. And she does the same thing. Like uh, on the show, one of her assistants comes in one morning and opens the window. And immediately this like radiation alarm goes off just because they opened the window. Mm. And they're like, 400 kilometers away. I'm <laughs> like, hold on. What is that? So they test what it is. And I'm like, the only place this is happening is one of either these two power plant stations in Russia. So they call the one. And they're like, you're okay. I'm like, yeah. And they call the other, uh, they call Chernobyl and nobody answers. She's like, <laughs> it exploded. And they didn't tell us <laughs> science science. <laughs> yeah. Radiation is scary, scary stuff. And somebody posted on the subreddit, uh, Chernobyl TV is what it is. Mm. There's a GIF that displays the radiation dispersal since '86 uh, across basically most of Russia and like all of Europe uh, over time. And I mean, it's not, <clears throat> you know, it's not uh, the levels to which Chernobyl got hit with it, but I mean, they trace these elements as they got carried by the winds throughout a lot of Europe. It's insane. Mm. Yep. So, anyway, like, I didn't know. It's this whole big. It's like a uh, one disaster after another here because it explodes and you're like, okay, that's bad. Basically, the core is on fire and shooting off this plume of radioactive smoke into the sky that is polluting everything around us. We need to put that out. Mm-hmm. So they basically have these helicopters flying over the on-fire nuclear-exploded core and dumping sand and boron onto it to negate the flames and the radioactivity. Mm. So they take care of that and lose, like, a ton of helicopter pilots in the process because it's incredibly dangerous up there. Mm. But then they're like, ah, yes, but now the core is melting down, and if it melts down to the point where it hits these water tanks that are open, it will create a basically nuclear-sized blast of several kilotons that will wipe out everything for, you know, 60 to 70 square kilometers around the thing and poison the entire water table for most of the region. <laughs> so, like, now we have to deal with that. I mean, it's just thing after thing after thing, and it's just so intense the whole time. And uh, really, the only thing that saves it, uh, I don't know that I'm spoiling much. I think most of this one I'm talking about is in the first episode. And Anyway, right. um, is that the scientist, the one I talked about, uh, pre- the first one, uh, he gets sent to Chernobyl to check things out, to get some, like, eyes on the ground. Because nobody believes it actually exploded. So they send him down to look at it and uh, sends down another, like, lifetime bureaucrat with him to kind of keep an eye on him, right? Right. And, yeah, I mean the thing that saves this whole operation is that this bureaucrat believes the scientist, right? They get there, they get to Chernobyl, the people on the ground are like, no, man, nothing exploded, everything's fine. Like, <laughs> we just had... There's just a fire. There's just a fire on the roof. That's all there is. And immediately the bureaucrat's like, I can tell you're lying because I do this for a living, basically. And uh, so he decides to believe the scientist. And pretty much anything the scientist needs, this guy's immediately like, you got it. So I think, I mean, uh, if the TV show is accurate, I think a lot of lives were saved because this one guy just decided to trust this one scientist. And he knew what he was talking about. And that he was really interested in, um, in saving lives and just making sure that, that the truth got out. So it's really good. It's just the interactions are great. The relationships are good. It almost kind of turns into like a buddy cop thing with this lifelong, uh, hmm. like Soviet bureaucrat hanging out with this nuclear physicist guy. But it's fantastic. I think there are four episodes out by the time you hear this, and uh, it's on HBO. And it's great, and I could probably talk about it for another, like, two hours, but I think we're going to go hold off for now.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I look forward to what it eventually comes out on the Microsoft store for me.
0: I am sure it will. Is there anything, like, HBO that does make it on there eventually?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. Like, the only HBO thing that I know of is, uh, like, Game of Thrones, right? Right, right, right. And that's on there, and but I'm can looking get, at like, Chernobyl... I searched for Chernobyl and there's only like a 2013 movie called Road to
0: Chernobyl. Ah. Oh, yeah. Isn't that about the guy who like rode a motorcycle through Chernobyl? No idea. (laughs) Because there was a dude a few years ago who did that. Everybody was like, you are insane. Just like strapped a girl GoPro to his helmet and like rode through Chernobyl and took all these pictures and stuff. Let me see. I'm going to Google it.
1: Uh, Hip-hop recording artist Chris Fist Documents his journey Across the globe Into the radioactive Dead zone of Chernobyl To film his latest Music video That's probably not What I was thinking (laughs) Yeah
0: Pretty sure he wasn't A hip-hop artist Uh, Let's try this Motorcycle Chernobyl Kid of Speed Oh, this is way older Than I thought This is like 2004
1: Oh, okay This movie's from 2013
0: Yeah, so a lot more recent Yeah
1: Kid of speed
0: My rides through Chernobyl area And this website is very much like 1997 (laughs) Although it's 2004 Yeah (laughs) It's kind
1: of amazing Promise wedding? What is that? There's a wedding Like if you Mm. scroll down to the bottom It's got like a chapter select And the very last one's Promise
0: wedding Contains reviews of wedding studios, including Promise Wedding Studio. This seems unrelated to the Chernobyl <laughs> thing. It sure Let's does. Throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's oh, interesting. cool. Yeah. So there are a bunch of pictures here. So anyway, incredible. I'm sure. Hopefully, you'll be able to see it. Um. So, like, what about like Sopranos or The Wire or one other like HBO shows? Have there been Deadwood, Westworld? Uh, let me look. Any of those?
1: Westworld. Westworld one word. Yeah. Uh two seasons available.
0: Yeah, there's only two seasons, so that's All good. Right. that's good. That's up to date. Um uh, Silicon Breaking Valley? Bad? No, Breaking Bad's AMC. Uh,
1: okay. Um Silicon Valley. There appears to be a TV show. Yeah. Uh hold on no, it's disappeared. What the Now it's just showing me. Uh, Mo- Little Moles Puzzle A free-to-play game um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> f- sound right Five pieces of DLC But when I was typing into the search bar It came up But not when I hit enter That's weird
0: Yeah, yeah. It's odd to me that you'd have Westworld But not Silicon Valley mm. I have five seasons available Oh, okay Yeah, good So I assume if it's not there Sooner rather than later Chernobyl will pop up over there It seems like HBO has a pretty good relationship Yeah yeah Over there Cool Good deal Good deal Excellent um, In other news Oh, sorry, did you have something?
1: Uh, I, have, I have something But okay. just, just while we're on TVs and movies and stuff Right now, I am watching The Terminator Like, 1984 oh, for, is The Terminator
0: The first one Okay
1: Yeah, yeah because Um Val's latest game, Artifact, is entirely dead. Like, six feet buried. Gravestone has gone up, and so people on, on Twitch, are streaming under the category Artifact, just movies and stuff and like whatever they want. There's a like the most, the guy who has the most views at the moment is like, can I beat all of Halo Three before I find a game in matchmaking? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> So he has Artifact in a tiny window, and then the rest of it is just him playing Halo, but it's all tagged as Artifact, and I'm just watching someone stream Terminator at the moment.
0: That's fantastic. I didn't realize it was so dead. Last I checked, it was on its way out. It had a very small player base, but... Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's very dead. (laughs) Friggin' Valve. Yep. They stopped trying to cash in on garbage and cash in on Half-Life (laughs) <laughs> 2 episode 3. Let's do that first. First oh, step.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean I, uh, it's like people have been building that game up for 8 years. I don't think they could put out a game that anyone would be satisfied with.
0: Okay, but Here's the thing. I honestly think if they just did Half-Life 2 episode 3 and wrapped up the cliffhanger that they put in episode 2 and used the exact same engine they used back in 2004, I think people would buy it. I don't think everybody would buy it But I think a bunch of people would buy it It'd be profitable And then they could explore doing whatever the crap they want to do with Half-Life 3 But I I don't know that they're in the market to do that kind of stuff anymore at all I don't think they're interested
1: I I, I think if they wanted to do other stuff in Half-Life 3 They wouldn't even be concerned about finishing Half-Life 2 Like, like if they wanted to do other stuff in Half-Life I don't think they'd even feel the need to finish that Because people have built it up And it's like endings are hard If they end it on a cliffhanger They need to have some payoff for that And so the expectation is always going to be Greater than what they can do Even though they have more money than all the gods And they could literally work on it Forever and make it perfect I still, like, the longer it takes The more anticipated it will be
0: Yeah, and you'll notice I didn't say if they put this out It would be well received I just think people would buy it (laughs) Well,
1: yeah, if you'll see, I didn't argue that people wouldn't buy it, because they absolutely would.
0: If yeah, it was bad, exactly. people would buy it, like, it's Half-Life. Yeah, 100%, especially yeah. if Valve put it out. But yeah, I mean, everything that I've read just indicates they have no interest in developing games like that anymore at all. They don't have the staff, they don't have the people who are who have been doing it for years, it's just it's a dead-in-the-water thing, so...
1: Well, they have it's the staff, the, the problem is their business structure is flat, <laughs> right? It, you work on the products that you want to work on, which is why for like six years, Steam had no customer support. Like it would take forever for anything to happen because no one in the company wanted to do it <laughs> because you're dealing mm. with the people that are frustrated and they've sort of diversified and made steps in that direction, but... If you want to put your name down as being the people that work on Half Life 3 or Episode 3 or whatever, but it turns out crap, you're the ones who, who are doing it by choice. And it's entirely possible that they, you get there and they don't, like, if essentially Gabe Newell and the other people at the tops of Steam or Valve say, we're not even, like, it's not an available project to choose, well, then
0: you can't do it then either. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just, yeah, endings are hard It's just always sad to see something that is so well regarded And so highly loved mm. Turn into nothing at the end, you know Yeah I mean, that's the question Is it better to just never go back to it? Or is it better to go back to it and be disappointing? Um. I guess they would argue it's better never to go back to it, you know
1: Yeah, they would say that Well, that's what they're doing at the very least <laughs> Yeah, exactly <laughs>
0: Pretty sure that decision has been made Considering it's 2019 (laughs) at this point
1: Right But the thing is They also (laughs) haven't made any of their other franchises Which are equally as popular Portal, Left 4 Dead, Team Fortress Yep, yep, yep True, true, true I mean There was a lot of rumors That they were going to do Like with the Steam box That they were going to be like Oh, we're putting out a You know, Steam PC console-esque device And launch day It will be March 3rd You know, like, 2013, I think this was. So there's a lot of 3s there, and you should buy it. It comes preloaded with Half-Life 3, Portal 3, and Team Fortress 3, and uh, Left 4 Dead 3. And it's like, obviously everyone on the planet would buy that.
0: (laughs) Yes. They would make all of the money, I believe.
1: Yeah. And then, of course, nothing ever happened. Like, they had some announcements that were planned around, like, March, because I remember this. Uh, and, and it was ju- it it was around Steambox. It was around March, um, okay. March twenty thirteen. That's roughly when that was being announced. And it was just yeah, we're doing hardware with SteamOS, and that was kind of <laughs> it. <laughs> it was. It really was. That was it. Yep. And then of course, six years later, when was the last time you heard anything about a Steambox?
0: <laughs> um, I can't even think honestly. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, I mean, that's... And the thing is, like, you think Left 4 Dead... I mean, that's a beloved series. It's good. But, I mean... I don't think the hype for Left 4 Dead 3 is anywhere near what Half-Life 3 would be. You'd Mm. think if they were afraid of the hype... And afraid of, like, ending a story... There, I mean, Left 4 Dead is just a zombie shooter, man. There's no Mm -hmm. pressure to finish a story there. You know what I mean?
1: No, but the story... All the storytelling in that game was done... Non-directly Like you weren't fed a story But there was a story there If you looked for it But It's still like A compelling zombie shooter And it's still one of the ones That does it the best People still Yeah Really love those games Like I'm not saying It compares to Half-Life 3 In terms of hype And I don't know why They wouldn't be doing it (laughs) That's the thing
0: Right Right I just can't think of a reason why I understand the reasons why You wouldn't do Half-Life 3 But Left 4 Dead 3 Even Team Fortress 3 like the Team Fortress expectations are not that high. People are just like, We just won another game. Like mm-hmm. I've never talked to anybody on Reddit who's a big Team Fortress fan who's like, They need to blow me away with this, like people expect for Half Life Three. No. Nah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I think they made their pile of money. Steam gave them additional huge piles of money and they're like, Well, why risk it? Mm, probably. Which sucks. Totally sucks. I mean, what they need to do is pull, like, a George Lucas and just, like, sell the IP to a company that will actually do it and give it a shot. Mm. I can see that happening. Yeah. And the key here, as always, like, the reason that Marvel works in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is because Kevin Feige loves Marvel and knows Marvel and knows how it works. And mm-hmm. if you got somebody on board at another development studio who knows Half-Life and loves Half-Life and knows how it works, I think it could work. You just need that guiding star. You need that direction from somebody who truly understands and loves the, the intellectual property. I don't know who that would be, but, I mean, there can't be only one Kevin Feige in the world, you know? Yeah, it's true. I mean, the story about Kevin Feige that really sold me on how much he loves it is that he was sending Sony like unsolicited suggestions of how to handle Spider-Man back <laughs> when Sony owned Spider-Man. He was sending them emails like, listen up, I don't work for you, Like, you don't have to take these suggestions, but this is how Spider-Man works, this is what you need to do with him. And he wasn't getting paid for it, he just loved Spider-Man. So... <laughs> I mean that's what kind of person he is, and that's what every single piece of intellectual property needs to have behind it if you're gonna try to make movies or video games off of it. Mm.
1: Uh, here's the thing: Valve has already given Portal to other develop oh, Excuse me. To another developer, yeah, because there's the Bridge Constructor Portal, right? Which is um, they didn't, is they like didn't give it side scrolly. Yeah, it's a bridge bridge building game, yeah. but. Bridge building with portals, right? And so right, if, they're really, if they're willing to give the IP to other developers to do things on it, why not do it with all their other
0: games? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, honestly, give it to a young and hungry studio who's done great things but isn't, well, like, huge yet? I mean, right? finding
1: young and hungry that, are, that have done great things, are, that's a very narrow, overlapping fields on the Venn diagram. Yeah,
0: it is. I don't think there are a ton of options. I think you're right about that. Yeah, but um, I don't know, like a CD Projekt Red, maybe like Post I, Witcher Three. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, something C- like that.
1: CD Projekt Red doing Half Life would be great, but they need to finish Cyberpunk 2077 first.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they do. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. but you get what I'm saying. Just something along those lines of a young studio that really believes what they're into and really loves. Has somebody involved that really loves Half-Life and really would make it awesome in some way?
1: Mm.
0: Maybe, yeah. maybe one day. Maybe not. Yeah. yeah. Blah. Ah, blah. I say. Sad note. Sad note there for sure. You've been watching what we do in the shadows. It's finished. Oh, was that the last episode? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think it's finished.
0: The orgy one. what? <laughs> <laughs> the last one I watched was about a vampire orgy Uh, the, That does not oh, sound no. like you know
1: I, I I, read somewhere that it was a six episode season So after the Baron's Night Out I stopped checking it <laughs> There's two, oh, episodes, two episodes out that I need to watch Yeah <laughs> you're no way
0: idea. behind <laughs> I will watch oh. those now <laughs> Okay, well, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but just one part. <laughs> so you know how the show has been pretty lighthearted about the vampire reality, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like, sure, these are real vampires. They murder people or turn them into vampires or, you know, suck the blood from virgins and prey on human beings and are generally not great. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It's, it's generally comedy, right? Yeah. So there's a part in this latest episode where they're trying to find a virgin for their orgy, right? So they can like, it's like a caviar plate, right? For everybody to eat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Guillermo uh, uh, Guillermo's actually run out because <laughs> he's got this list of places he keeps finding virgins, but like he's kind of like overfished it, right. he says. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's at the store um, with his, oh, I forget what his vampire's name is. Anyway, with his boss And he Mm. runs into one of his buddies Who's a virgin And uh, His boss is like, dude That's the one, you should invite this guy to the party And Guillermo's like, I really want to be a good familiar So I'll be turned into a vampire one day And I really haven't had a problem Bringing strangers in to be devoured by vampires But now that my friend Is involved in this, I suddenly have a huge Guilt complex, and this is like the worst thing of all time and it's just it, I was like this is almost too real This is getting way <laughs> Way too dark for a show about vampires That are literal vampires you know mm. So I'm not going to tell you anything else But he just He basically has this huge conflict where And it just I don't know It made me look at Guillermo in a different way Like yeah you have been leading innocents To be devoured by creatures of the night For years now Like why do I think you're a good person <laughs> Yeah, yeah Uh, Yeah, made me think about it a little bit too hard, I think
1: (laughs) Fair fair enough Well, maybe, I mean, he wants to be a vampire as well He wants to continue to prey on these people for all eternity
0: (laughs) He does Yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah. And again, that's another fact that I never really I don't know, he's just so soft-spoken and like just looks like a nice guy He doesn't go out of his way to like hurt anybody Except for the times that he Very deliberately gets people killed It's very weird It's a very <laughs> weird character And yeah, you're right There's tons of evidence that he's not a good person But I just never really saw it until this last episode Yeah, it's interesting Oh, another show that I'm interested in um, A show called Dairy Girls Dairy
1: Girls, never heard of it
0: you heard of this one? No Yes, so it's uh, it's Irish And I believe it's I don't want to say it's on the BBC because they're Irish and because it's a Netflix (laughs) show all right Uh, it's it's originally on it's on Netflix you get to see if it's
1: on my Netflix
0: yeah it's on Channel 4 a public service free-to-air television network okay cool so it's not BBC but it is uh, like Great Britain TV but it's just uh, a show set in Ireland with a group of like teenage girls, and there's a guy yeah. involved who came up from London.
1: Oh, dairy girls. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think okay. I was
0: saying? Dairy girls. Dairy, like dairy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a common confusion. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, D E R R Y, dairy girls. Dairy. All right. It is on
1: Netflix
0: yeah. <laughs> Good, cool So I mean, as far as I know It's uh, just 12 episodes of like 20 minutes each It's not crazy um, mm. But I just, minutes. I don't know I saw some clips on it um, Like on Facebook Somebody was just sharing a couple of clips And I'm just a sucker for accents I just it's part <laughs> of my attraction To a lot of the like British People. shows that I watch And part of why I like Um Randy so much Right
1: There's
0: mm. a little bit Just of the accent Yeah Yeah Right right You understand that um, Right right Cheerio yes. Cheerio <laughs> Cheerio mate uh, But anyway uh, It's just the writing Is really snappy it, The pacing is fantastic It's funny uh, It's not hilarious Like I wouldn't compare it To like any of my Super favorite comedies But it seems pretty solid enough from what i've seen of it so i think hmm. i might start giving that a shot here it's like my shows are kind of starting to fall off a little bit hmm.
1: Hmm. i was watching critical role this morning a new episode came out like new vod and yeah. sam regal one of the players he's in charge of doing the ad reads for one of the sponsors dnd beyond And he does just crazy stuff with it Like uh, late last year he announced He was going to be running for president of D&D Beyond And so each week Every now and then he'll do like It's an ad campaign But it's an ad campaign Where he's going to He's going to run for president of this company That he's not involved in
0: (laughs) Okay Good luck with that I guess
1: Yeah weird stuff like that And uh, this week He uh he was like, I wanna give you know, throw something back to our international audience. And I'm like, oh god, I know what he's doing. And he's like, in, in particular, our Australian community. Oh and, uh, and it's like a two minute ad where he fills it with entirely Australian slang and a really bad accent.
0: <laughs> in fairness, the Aussie accent is really hard to do apparently.
1: Yeah, but he's a professional voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, I mean, the, does that mean
0: the, you're good at accents? It,
1: yeah, I, I, I think so If you oh. have to act with your voice For, like, anime and stuff You need to do other accents and voiceovers And stuff like that I assume that's what accents are I mean, it, it's true he might just be bad at Australians
0: But he should be good yeah. at other things Well, sure, but again I, From what we have established Australian is harder to do than other, like, English language accents
1: Yeah, yeah, I know that Yeah Okay I mean I don't know I picked it up pretty easy
0: <laughs> Well in that case Everybody should be able to
1: Just yeah. be born there Just just be born here Spend 25 years It'll be fine
0: Not a problem I am looking forward to the day When we can just like Plug in languages Into our brain I assume accents Will come with that too That'd be like easier Than teaching me Korean Through a microchip I think
1: I maybe not
0: I think learning the language Would be easier than
1: uh, Doing the accent Because the language Is oh. just data Right, it's just like a database. Yeah, you're the right. Accent, the accents, how you move your mouth. Yeah,
0: that's. I think that's harder to like implant into a microchip. Right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean Ooh. they're doing a lot of really great stuff this. with
1: like lip cosmetic surgery. So who knows? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like
0: yeah. they can build hey, you a bionic mouth. mouth. <laughs> oh my gosh, you put on a bionic mouth so you can speak Chinese <laughs> with the correct accent. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: Uh, That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> uh. Oh, I did. There was another thing. Um, okay. So okay. they released some footage for the Witcher TV show. Ooh, I've not seen these. And one thing in particular that showed up today is uh, Nilfgaardian Armor. And it's let's just it's just wrinkly. And this PC Gamer article that I found um, referenced someone who described it as uh, the soldiers looked like ball sacks with swords. <laughs> and PC <laughs> Can Gamer could fun. only say, "Yeah, that's fair." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is going on with this? Why can't they get any of the costuming right, Somicron? Uh, I don't know, but that okay. is—he looks. Dumb <laughs> It's bad Why is it so wrinkly? That takes effort, doesn't it? I don't know I mean I guess ma- it depends on what the material is Maybe it's not naturally wrinkly
1: Yeah I mean It's oh, so if it, bad
0: It looks like paper mache
1: It does It What is like? Because these are Nilfgaards?
0: Yeah, Nilfgaardians
1: Nilfgaardians guardian. Uh,
0: uh, I wonder what this It's like for. weird wings hmm. I sure. like how the first results are from the TV show right now <laughs> People yeah.
1: also search for Nilfgaard soldier So they just play like black plate mail That's what I'm saying
0: yeah. It's a black plate and like they have stupid wings on their helmets Which I can't imagine is practical at all
1: No. Nah. Ditching the wings I can see But why would they go Like why would they Make it wrinkly Like the just I don't know Dark plate mail With like gold trim And the red vest That yeah, would yeah. look quite good Like I don't see Anything hard to do here
0: No and it is I mean it's pretty Distinctive With the way Especially the pauldrons are Um then the gauntlets And stuff I mean It's very It is distinctive It's not just like This is plate <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. It's not just, like... It's not wearing, you know, a wall. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But I feel like that isn't any harder to make than the ball sack.
0: Right? Right. I'm with you. I don't get it. I don't know why they're falling on their face so hard with
1: this. Here's the thing. If they had, like, some sort of colored marks and spots over them, I would then at least be able to say, oh, it's, like, a VFX reference, like, start point, right? Like... Yeah. But there's none of
0: that <laughs> Nope It's, it's just a garbage bag like Wrinkled up And put on this guy
1: Yeah I don't, paper, I, don't I, I feel like paper mache might be the best analogy
0: Yeah It really looks like it Looks like yep. you hit it with a stick and candy comes out <laughs> Poor guys Poor people in that
1: Poor people uh,
0: I feel sorry for like the actors
1: and stuff there Because They're the people on screen And they get all the glory But if it turns out Crap And it's not their fault Because they don't They're not in charge Of the direction Like art direction And For the uh, Armor and stuff And it's like Well I'm sorry you're gonna get Lumped in with that one It could've been a lot better But it's not your fault
0: Yep I mean it's kinda like If you're on a show And the writing is bad Mm -hmm. You can't do anything about it You just deliver it As convincingly as you can And call it good Yeah yeah. And I just, I don't know. I hadn't really considered how much costuming and the visuals matter here. But yeah, I mean, if you have top notch acting and writing and story, and the people look like this, it still gets laughed off the screen. People aren't going to watch it. It's amazing. Yeah. You and have I mean, to I feel at like, least somewhat nail this.
1: Yeah. I, f- I feel like The Witcher, the universe isn't. Strictly like over the top flamboyant or anything, like it's nothing unique, it's very gritty fantasy almost, right?
0: It is, yeah, totally. Right. So, yep. it
1: shouldn't be, it, it shouldn't even be something that's difficult to reproduce,
0: right? It's not like right. you're doing Final Fantasy armor or anything, right? Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. Depends on the Final Fantasy, but... Well, but the most flamboyant it gets, right? <laughs> well, I mean,
1: Final Fantasy fifteen is like guys running around in, like, black t-shirts and jeans. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> it's, it's, so it's easy <laughs> enough. Yeah, but there are definitely people who are
1: like, there's like, Final Fantasy X, I'm wearing a dress made of belts. Recreate that accurately.
0: <laughs> yeah. Have fun with that, <laughs> costumers. Yeah, that sounds horrific. Yeah, so... I, I don't know I just This just kind of Opened my eyes To like You can't fall on your face This hard with the visuals You can nail everything else But if the visuals are bad You're in trouble mm, yeah. It really just makes me Makes me really respect What Game of Thrones Pulled off in the first Five seasons Where visuals were great Acting was great Writing was fantastic Plot was interesting And that's hard to do It turns out hmm mm-hmm. But you need all those pieces
1: Yeah Do you know Do you know hard. what I've Actually been watching Right I'm Not Terminator, no. but. I have been watching an anime called (laughs) Restaurant to Another World. Wow. (laughs) That sounds very anime. Yeah. A a, a guy in Japan is working at like his... I think he says at one point it's his grandfather's Western restaurant. He's like, why is it a Western restaurant when we're serving all this weird stuff? And his grandfather's just like, well, in Japan, Western restaurant just means anything not from Japan. So where's it from? Like, what kind of stuff is it? it? It's... All over there is, like... You pick a country and they're serving a dish from there, basically. Okay. But... Oh, that's it looks just, like
0: the episode titles are all food. I didn't... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm looking at the thing now. Like, uh, fried shrimp, omelette yeah. rice, tofu steak.
1: Yeah, chocolate parfait, spaghetti with meat sauce. But yeah. the concept is, uh, the, like, in this fantasy world with, like, demons and lizardmen and lionmen and elves... Uh, once every seven days doors will appear on like the day of Saturn, right? And only certain people know where these doors are, but they go through and they end up in the restaurant. But his cooking, because it's from another world, our world, it's so good. They always come back every seven days to try and get more.
0: <laughs>
1: and that's literally all the show is. Every, every episode, someone will come in and be like, what the hell is this place? And then they'll order just something from the menu. And then they'll put it in their mouth, their eyes will widen, and they'll instantly turn into a professional food critic and describe how the food tastes so amazing. And that's basically uh, all it is.
0: Like, like, even if they don't even have any, like, experience or training in that, yeah. they just turn into food critics.
1: Yes. Like, uh, hmm. the demon waiter girl, she's, like, homeless because tieflings are, you know, kind of looked down on, right? Right. She had, she moved to a human city And had to cover, like, her horns uh, Yeah And then when she accidentally dropped her hat While serving someone They basically ran her out of the city Um Aww. poor t funnies. Yeah um, She's, like, homeless She's starving She, like, dream hallucinates That she, like, found this door In this, like, ruin that she's in. Walks in, mistakes it for, like, a wizard's abode And finds just, like, some soupy left out And is, like Reviewing it like she's a Michelin star expert <laughs> All right, <laughs> Like a
0: Michelin star. It's amazing It's like Ratatouille <laughs> Yeah It's It's really interesting <laughs> And so There's no like overarching plot It's just like is Monsters there, show up And they eat it And they love it
1: Well there is There is some Like there appears to be like a dragon queen That gets introduced in the first episode Where she considers the restaurant to be like An investment on her part Right oh. Oh. Um, and some of the characters will recur, and they'll be in yeah the, uh, the restaurant when the new person comes in, and so you'll uh, get to see some interactions with there But there isn't like a growing problem, right? The biggest yeah. problem I've seen so far is like the elf came in and was like, "I'm a vegan. Do you have anything <laughs> that can?" <be> like? <laughs> and he's like, "Well, we've got tofu steak."
0: <laughs> I think that counts. Does that count? And
1: that that totally counts. Yeah. Okay. And like, and then like the elf was like, "I can't believe humans are making better foods than we elves are." And then she like runs away from home to grow up and become a cook. Like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) she's like inspired.
1: Yeah, that's kind of it. So I'm wondering if anything will come of it, like if you
0: will get a story. But I'm enjoying it nonetheless. Mm. I do like how in every incarnation of elves they're racist against humans every single time. Like humans can cook. What is this garbage? That's not true. <laughs> anyway, well yeah. good. Looks like it's on roll, so I've got my sub there because of Attack on Titan. Anyway, mm, fair. Enough. So uh, we'll give it a try. Bookmark we'll this.
1: I mean, here's the thing. Even to the point where, like the the dra- the, the, the queen dragon or whatever. Uh, she can transform into a human and she's briefly nude like it's the only nudity in the entire show first yeah. episode and um, she she goes to the restaurant she gets it to herself she sits down and orders beef stew. The animation is like in every cut her horns look very different but all the animation budget went into
0: making the food look amazing <laughs> <laughs> It makes sense. Yeah. It's like called a restaurant to another world. The food's important.
1: <laughs> the food's important. Uh, all
0: right. <laughs> That's fantastic. Like ah, uh, these horns, whatever. Do whatever you want with those. But <laughs> that stew, better look like the best stew you've ever had. hmm. Uh, did it yeah. make you want stew?
1: No, not really. Because oh, well, well, no. The stew looked good. Like, I did. I want to eat that. Yes. Oh, <laughs> but, okay. Did it yeah. make me want, like, stew enough to go out and get stew or make stew? No.
0: Oh, right, right. No, no, no. I yeah. just wanted to know if you wanted to eat what they showed, so.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, like That counts. If I could eat everything that was being served, I would.
0: <laughs> even the tofu steak? Do you like tofu? I don't. I've
1: never, had, I've never had tofu.
0: You should try it, just so you know that it sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Here's the thing. The elf, like, the elf even describes it as being surprisingly bland, but... The, but the sauce like makes up for it, and like the texture is yeah. great or something, and it's like, oh, okay, it's yep. bland, but that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, okay. that's the thing. Tofu is a replacement like substance, and then you put stuff on it.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: it's not great. No. Mm. All right. Well, I'm losing my voice, but one last thing before we go. All right. Uh, this came out with Cyberpunk, which we referenced earlier. Mm. Uh, basically, people are hoping for a hands-on demo at E3. And CD Projekt Red was like, nope. We'll probably bring a trailer, but um, no, we're not going to be hosting any gameplay. That's fine. It does seem to suggest that the release date might be further off than people had hoped. There are some rumors of a 2019 release date, but I don't believe CD Projekt Red has ever said anything about that themselves.
1: Hmm. I mean, uh, fine. I, I mean... If they don't want to have hands-on gameplay, I can't, like, I, I I don't find anything wrong with that. If they're like, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll let people play it when we think it's ready, that's fine.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I, that's, you know, that was the Blizzard model for a long time. It was, we're going to mm-hmm. release this when it's ready and not a second sooner, and you guys can, like, wait. That's how this <laughs> works. So, if CD project right? I mean, they, they took their time with The Witcher 3 as well, and it was great. So, I trust them. Right. I trust them to get it right, and it takes them an extra year or two. I'm okay with that. Mm. What I'm not okay with is it never coming out. I'll <clears throat> we'll have a strict talk if that's what happens here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. All right. That looks good.
1: Yep. I'm excited for it. <laughs>
0: It is. So I guess we'll do a quick sports ball minute and then we will wrap it up.
1: All right. Can you let me count you
0: in? Uh, sure, go ahead. All right,
1: three, two, one, go.
0: It's NBA finals time. Kawhi Leonard is a robot. He's a robot assassin machine sent from the future to destroy all of our basketball hopes. The Raptors were down 2 to 0 against the Bucks, and then Kawhi went nuts, winning the next four games in a row. For the raptors sending the toronto raptors to the nba finals for the first time in their franchise history of 23 years they're a fairly new franchise when all is said and done but it's their first finals trip ever with a player that they expect to lose at the end of the season it's very strange uh, to see what will happen with that he might want to stay if this is a promising roster they can get him to finals uh, year after year after year but He also might want to leave. Like I said, he's a robot. It's impossible to know what he wants. But on the other end of the Warriors, the Warriors are unstoppable, especially if Kevin Durant is healthy for this series. He might not be. But if he is, uh, just look for a Warriors four-to-five game win. Um, And if not, it might be a close series. But in the end, I think the Warriors are too much for the Raptors, and they will get another victory here.
1: Mm,
0: Okay. Seriously, Kawhi Leonard robot. (laughs) You think I'm joking. All right. Uh, <laughs> Boorah. All right. Well, right. I'm going to go drink some tea and rest my voice. But thanks for hanging out with us today for another edition of the Falcon Paladin Hour. Where Falcon sounds like he's on his deathbed, but I'm serious. I, I'm not dying. I just sound like I am. Uh, it, please hmm. go ahead.
1: It, if you die before this comes out, do you want me to still put it out? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Hmm?
0: cool. Excellent. All right. Verbal confirmation. Recorded. Uh, yeah check out the merch we've got hats and hoodies and all sorts of great stuff for you out there and please consider supporting the podcast on patreon.com link in the show notes there too and until next time as always thanks for hanging out with us and you take care of yourself